What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up, Keep Going. I'm Sydney Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this is a podcast exploring internet curiosities. Hey, yo. How's it going? It's going. Keep it's going. Go- <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. No, it's going. I don't know. I was telling you earlier about how I had a, just a frustrating shoot today. Everything mm-hmm. went wrong. Um, and I ended up building a table that was as high as my chin. It's pretty which tall. Is too tall. Well, is that too tall? You could eat without hands. You're not wrong. Which okay, this is really random. But have you ever played? Do people do the limbo at parties, or is that done? Is that done? I don't know if I've ever done the limbo, but I know it. You know what I mean? But why? Like, when did it enter the zeitgeist, and when did it exit? Like, do you think that kids that were born in 2000 know what the limbo is? I'm sure they do through media. Right? Do they though? Because I don't know. I feel like maybe only old movies. Like, I don't feel like it's a thing in movies anymore. Do you know what this sounds like? A topic for our podcast. Where did the limbo go? We're not doing that this week. So sorry if that got you really excited. That's a really, maybe we can find out. Yeah. I'm going to actually write that down so I don't forget. Where did the limbo go? I don't know. Do you want to kick it off? Do we like that this is how we start? Like, just like, yeah, do you want to kick it off? Or should we have like a standardized thing? Check in? Yeah. I I think we should check in. I don't know. What's going on in your life, man? Literally nothing. That's, That's good. Me too. Quarantine's great, isn't it? For life check-ins. Um, didn't leave my house for four days. Um, that was nice, especially considering that I live in a studio, so I didn't leave one room for four days. Isn't um, that solitary confinement? Yeah. I have a. The kitchen is kind of a different room, so. But if you have a cat and a nice bed and Wi-Fi, it's enough. What more do you really want? That is enough. Isn't it wild to think about the fact that in our lifetime, like internet wasn't a thing. I know. I was thinking Wi-Fi about the other wasn't day. a thing. Yeah. Even in up until, did you have Wi-Fi in high school? Yes. Oh. My dad really likes technology. Though. Oh yeah. I forgot that. We might have. I remember I had an iPad. Do you remember I had an iPad in high school and that was very cool? Didn't the entire school have to no, have iPads? I was one of the first people to have Oh, iPads. you were one of the first people. I do remember you were one of the first and it, people. It's not just that I'm <laughs> early like, adopter over here. Oh my gosh, freaking I got it Einstein. in a raffle. Wait, you got it in a raffle? Yeah, it was very lucky. People win things? Yeah, I won. <laughs> I talk about this all the time won. is I don't understand who wins those raffles or those sweepstakes or whatever it is because it's not me. And I feel like they never, I wish there was more of a follow-up, you know, like I want to know if I entered that I didn't win and that someone else did. And I want to know who it was and what. Here's a really deep dive for us. Do you remember growing up, there would be raffle or like contests on TV about meeting celebrities or going to Disneyland? No. They would advertise what TV it shows were you on watching? TV, like Disney Channel. They would advertise like you can go meet like the Backstreet Boys or win a trip to Disneyland. What? Like sweepstakes. That was the phrase, sweepstakes. And I remember watching that and I was like, even as a five-year-old, I was so nihilistic and I was like, that's not real. <laughs> I know that they're just advertising and not giving it to someone. Do you think, is that legal? Can they just say that they're giving it to I somebody have no and not idea. give it to somebody? I guess it continues your question of if who com- wins these? Who wins then? I certainly did when I got my iPad. Wow. Wait, what did you win it from? School? From school. It was the, like, you know how they had that fancy gala? Technically, oh, my parents yeah, won yeah. it. They gave it to me because I didn't know what to do with it. 
Because it was like the first iPad. That's like Alex one Invisalign. (laughs) I want that. (laughs) Well, he, the problem though, was he won it from a dentist up in Washington Mm. right before he moved. And so he like told the guy, was like, Hey, like, I'm not going to be here anymore. So the guy just like gave him all his Invisalign that he would need. But like, that's like a lot of Invisalign and Alex got really overwhelmed and just never used it. And so it's like in our closet. Oh no. Can he still use it or no? I don't think so. Cause we only have half of it. I mean, we've moved a lot. And so we've <laughs> definitely lost some of those. Wow. Um, but before we get into things, your TV thing made me want to tell a story about how I remember we would watch a lot of PBS. Oh yeah. I mean, I watch like, you know, I don't want to say more normal channels, but more f- We've watched more, you know, like Disney, Nickelodeon, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, at a certain time of the day, we would always watch PBS. And I remember there was this infomercial from this woman for paints. It was a set of paints and it was like painting flowers. And I remember her being like, you've never seen a flower that has four petals. And that's because that's not real. So learn how to paint realistic flowers with my VHS and paint set. I remember begging my mother for the infomercials paint set. And I remember I got it and I thought that I, that was like the best, Whoa, the best thing. Wow. Yeah. That's a good present. It was a really good present, but I just, I don't know. I gone are the days when you called the number on the TV and then waited forever for it to ship to you. Yeah. I've never done that. I've never ordered something over the phone. Yeah. It's kind of cute and vintage now. Right. Yeah. That's cute. So call one, five, six, To order our box set of pineapples. Pineapples. I'm allergic to them, so I have to give them away. Very upsettingly, yes. Yeah, I learned it the hard way this summer when I was in Hawaii. Uh, Every time I would have a wait, you're like old to not. You didn't know. Is it a new allergy? I think it is. Doesn't that happen? That does happen, especially around our age. Because every time I would eat something with a pineapple, my throat would close up. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Could you like? Not like bad, like but you could feel it. It was like annoying, and yeah, I was like, "This I isn't like pleasant." So, yeah, I traced it back to pineapples. Oh. It's very upsetting because I love pineapples. That's kind of the worst with adult onset allergies because I feel like as a child you maybe haven't had that before, yeah. or you haven't spent your whole life like developing a personality around it. I mean, what are you going to do with your screen name? XX pineapple lover. I know I'm a 69. Fraud. I'm an absolute fraud now. I'm embarrassed for you. Um, but let's dive into it, I guess. Okay. Who went first last time? I don't know. You can go first though. Go crazy. Oh, you, so you want me to go first? I can go. No, I say <laughs> no, that because first. I'm self-conscious that I feel like I like stiff arm and I'm like, no, I'll go first. I'm talking so um, much. I'll go first. And this one kind of is... In terms of our podcast universe, I'd say this is like a heavy hitter. Ooh. In terms of like something that is super common and everyday, but is like, I have no idea how that works. I love it. I'm and excited. It is personal to me. It's a personal story in a oh, way. Not really. I mean, it is. I was like, how am I left handed? You're left handed? Yes. Katie, what the? <laughs> No one realizes that. Wait, yeah. stop. You're left-handed? Yeah. You are one of my best friends <laughs> who I have known for like 10 years. We were in art class together. We, in, <laughs> we sat next to each other and I never... What? You're left-handed? Yeah, I know. I don't present as such. <laughs> wow. I I more feel bad that I have never noticed. You really noticed. didn't know that? I've never noticed well, that. Well, I'm ambidextrous, so... 
I only write with my left hand and I do everything else right-handed. Like I, when I played tennis, I played right-handed and I cut scissors right-handed, but I eat left-handed. Do I? I actually don't always know. Sometimes huh. I eat right-handed. I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm a pretty observant person and I'm just very surprised that I never noticed that. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about it. Like, to be honest, I was like, I need to come up with an idea. And then I mm -hmm. looked at my own hand and was like, how does that work? And okay. don't be, don't hold your breath because no one knows. <laughs> Which I thought would not be the case. It's such a common thing, like you know, like handedness, which mm -hmm. is the phrase, the word, handedness. Which okay. I didn't know. That happened. sounds fake. I know. Um, so, yeah. So handedness is known as the dominant hand. And uh, right handedness, obviously, is the most common one. 90% of people are right handed. Which That's pretty high. I would have thought. I'm surprised it's not 50. You know, just from a probability standpoint, if there's two hands to choose from you would think that well let me get into it the the question i had was why are certain people left-handed and certain people right-handed i've never known that and i'm left-handed and i've never looked that up it's crazy but um how, what determines that is a combination of genetics biology and environment apparently mm -hmm. but also i was reading all these articles and it's like no one really knows this is all just guesses but i guess how would you really know right well anyways I don't know. I feel like I would do something with like putting brain nodes on children during their formative years so, and trying to see what is being stimulated yeah. when they, I don't know. I, I just feel like people who are smarter than me and like, like living in the scientific <laughs> life. Well, yeah. So that actually is one of them. So they think that, um, you know how, so I was reading this example, you know how when you kick a soccer ball, it's just like symmetrical and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like it just, your body works that way. And do you know what I mean? What do you mean by symmetrical and beautiful? So like you're, you kick, you usually kick your soccer ball if you're right-handed with your left, your no. right foot. Yes. With your right. Okay. Maybe that example doesn't make sense, but it made sense to me like, like, uh, conceptually. Okay. I mean, keep going, keep going. So basically the theory, one of the theories is that your brain, everything is like symmetrical in your brain. So over the years when we've evolved that the brain, the left hand of the brain does a lot of work and that's why you're right-handed. Like your right hand is the dominant hand because your left brain is doing all the, the motor skills and thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, so left-handed people have uh, different, they th think they might have different, like the way their brain is. <laughs> that sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. And I don't totally. But <laughs> I read like four articles about it. But they think that um, it has something to do with that. If your brain, if a lot of it is based on the left side, then that's why you're right-handed and left-handed people have, it's not so centralized to one side. It's, it actually is more on, could be more on the right side. Mm -hmm. So that's why of the flip. Another reason is I don't love Wait, this one cause it's not, sorry. Yeah. Before you get into, cause I have a question about the one you just finished. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying centralized, like what is centralized? Just like their brain, the other side of their brain is stronger or yeah. That most of the processes happen on that side of the brain. But it's the same processes. Sorry, because I think that I 
am under, I don't remember which one it is, but like how like right brain and left brain one is like very logical and the other one's like very emotional and abstract. So the left side of your brain is the like theoretical logical side. And Mm -hmm. then the right side is emotional. It's not proven, but left-handed people tend to be more emotional and artistic than right-handed people. So makes sense for me. Whoa. Oh my gosh. This girl went to art school. <laughs> Did you have to put it on your application yeah, that was you like were left-handed? left-handed, by the way? <laughs> Actually, left-handed girl. in my art school, let me just say. Everyone I was, was left-handed. No. So the lecture hall, when we'd have art history class, it had those little desks, you know, mm-hmm. like the theater desks. Yeah. It was in the lecture hall and they were all for the right hand. And they were so small. I like literally had to turn my entire body to use them or I'd have to sit on the aisle. And so there's always the aisle seat was always the left-handed people because the, that one was Sounds on like the, the desk was on the wrong handed side. It was a better, I was waiting until you finished your thought. And by the time you did, I honestly lost my joke. But it's okay. It's we're going to actually get into linguistics Ooh, with this. Okay. Um, Sorry. So you were going into your second so the second one that is you weren't a huge fan. Of. I don't love. I just don't like this. It's not fun. It's mm-hmm. that it's genetics that your parent. If your parent is left-handed, then you might be left-handed. Is your parent? No. Oh. So disproven. <laughs> Fake. I don't know. I don't. No one in my family is left-handed. Like even in my extended family. Um, and my mom used to say she used to try to put the pen in my right hand, and I would just take it back. So she doesn't support me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because I was kind of thinking, I'm still going back to like, why is it not 50-50? I mean, if it's a brain processes thing and if it's not just very like, everything's the same. People just favor one side or the other. That's one thing. But I was also thinking of just, if you're if most people around you are right-handed and you're seeing everybody do things with the right side of their body whether it's they're kicking a ball with their right foot or they're riding with their right hand if you kind of are seeing it and subconsciously echoing that genetics is one mm-hmm. yeah but not as fun to talk about and the first one was the right brain left brain thing yeah okay. so the i confirmed the left brain is where a lot of your motor functions are and your you know, that, that, that sort of thing. So that's why it's like, it's symmetrical to your dominant hand. Wait, what do you mean by symmetrical? Sorry, you've said that a few times and I've shaken my head. I have no idea what you're saying. Like you, it's like balanced, right? But what do you mean? Cause you said something that I have now forgotten, but you said something about like, that's why your like motor functions or you said something like that. And that's why it's symmetrical. And I don't understand what you mean by that. Okay. You just mean because it's like your <laughs> left brain dominant and so then you're using your right hand more and that's symmetrical? I don't know if I can explain. <laughs> Maybe it's... Okay, no. Sorry. I mean asymmetrical. <laughs> Wait, but I still don't get it. Asymmetrical because it's the left side of your brain is for right-handed people is the most dominant. So it's asymmetrical. So it's like balance. It's like yin and yang, right? Well, no, I think that is symmetrical, right? No, that's asymmetrical. Symmetrical is on. What is the definition <laughs> of symmetrical? Well, I'm thinking like symmetry is like, it's like balanced, right? And asymmetrical would be different. Oh, yeah, you're right. So you were right initially. Okay, why did I doubt myself? Don't doubt yourself. Are like you doubting I'm living yourself in a right-handed world. <laughs> 
because <laughs> I'm confusing you, but it's because I'm genuinely confused. I guess I don't understand like, why do we want it to be symmetrical? What is symmetrical? Is it just that our physical body is moving while our left, like if our right side of the physical body is moving and your left side of your brain is okay. going, then that's good. Um, let me read you this. Um, and I won't have to t human telephone it to you. Okay, sounds good. Where are you reading it from? Um, I'm reading it from, this is sciencealert.com. Cool. Okay. So one common theory as to how handedness affects the hemispheres is the brain's hemisphere division of labor. Since speaking and handiwork refine, require fine motor skills, its presumption is that it would be more efficient to have one brain hemisphere do both rather than having it divided up. Since most people on the left side of the brain control speaking, right-handedness predominates. This theory also predicts that left-handed people would have a reversed brain division of labor. Verbal processing in right... Should I keep going? Yes, please. Okay. Verbal processing in right-handed individuals takes place mostly in the left hemisphere. Wait, whereas, can you repeat that? Verbal yeah. processing? Verbal processing in right-handed in right -handed individuals takes place mostly in the left hemisphere, whereas visuospatial processing is mostly done in the opposite hemisphere. Left-handed individuals have a heterogeneous brain organization in which their brain hemispheres are either organized in the same way as right-handers, but with the hemispheres reversed, or even such that both hemispheres are used for verbal processing. When the average is taken across all types of left-handedness, it shows that left-handed handers are less lateralized, which means they're uh, they're less like focusing on one hemisphere. So they use both. Does that make sense? You're lost on this. I want to understand, but I think I accept that. I don't right now. Understand it on a really like base, on fundamental level. On a very basic level. level, I understand what you are saying in terms of that it's like an opposite thing and that that creates balance and that that's how people are making sense of it. I think that why I'm confused is because I don't understand why the balance is necessary or why the balance is good. And I want that answer, but I don't know that the, that answer exists. I don't know if it does like, I think I understand it on such a fundamental, like, almost dumb person way where I'm like, like, one or the, like, apples and oranges. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think I actually understand it on, like, a biological level. But I, think, I accept it. I, I think I need to accept okay. it. And I have, it has been accepted. Okay. Thank you for explaining. You're welcome. Um, so another theory this is. This is theory three. Theory three. Now One I can't them, stop staring at your left hand moving when you're doing things. She's strong. <laughs> One theory is women that take uh, hormones while they're pregnant lead to left-handed, which hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Um, another, which I think is interesting, is the way you're born, the way you like emerge out from the womb, from the womb uh, has something to do with it. So if you are like on the left side when you if your head is like more left while you come from the canal, let's say, um, then you're left-handed. Wait, this sounds like, okay, two things since we're talking about birthing. Mm -hmm. I saw this TikTok and it was this woman trying to explain what it's like giving birth. And so she shoved like a ping pong ball or shoved some sort of sports ball into a balloon and filled it with air and then tried to push it out of the small little hole of a balloon. It was very disturbing. Um, but don't get me wrong. I think like 
having babies is beautiful and whatnot, but watching it on TikTok was not what I was expecting. Um, my second anecdote is that I forgot it. What were you talking about? <laughs> how you're born. Oh, this sounds very how... Have you heard about those superstitions? Or I don't know, maybe it's science-backed, but how if you want to have like a boy or a girl, then like you should have sex in certain positions or be facing like North yeah, or South you know, or whatever. Yeah. It, it kind of sounds like it's from the same. Well, I think what this whole thing proves is that no one, <laughs> that it's like, I don't know, like some people are left-handed, um, which isn't really the answer that I wanted or is exciting to talk about. Well, I think not to get too existential, but at the end of the day, I think what I've learned as I learn more things is that no one knows freaking anything. It's really, it's so true. It's so true. Like there's very little things that are like 120, like totally concrete. Yes, this is 100% certain. Yeah. And I'm curious how many things in like a thousand years will be disproven. I mean, at one point people who are very intelligent and seen as very smart thought the world was flat. Yeah. And now we laugh at those people. I mean, not the old people, the people who are now living in 2020 <laughs> and continue currently like, hold we've that seen belief. That it's pretty round. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I think that I'm curious, what do you think some of those are? Can you think of one that's like, I think that, um, there will be a lot of discoveries to do with our food consumption mm -hmm. and, um, kind of like our agriculture practices that will be seen as like, obviously like, why are they doing that? That's so bad for them. I was just reading this thing about corn mm -hmm. and how, and for you listeners out there, the source that I was reading isn't necessarily like a scientific journal or anything. So I don't know how mm -hmm. credible this is. This mm -hmm. is like half-assed internet research type thing. Um, but it was talking about how the corn that we're currently eating has been genetically modified so that it's super high. And I think it was omega sixes and Wait, that actually, I think I've read this before and that the omega sixes, while you do need some, we get so much of it that it's causing a ton of inflammation in you because too much omega six causes your body causes inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. And that at the end of the day, a lot of illnesses stem from inflammation in your body. Yeah. And so ultimately, you know, people don't think that corn is inherently bad, but I'm curious how many other things there are in our regular diet that kind of fall under that category where we're led to believe of like, Oh, this is pretty benign or even good for you. But turns out that because of like the many different cycles of genetically modifying foods, et cetera, et cetera. And people kind of breeding foods to be like this perfect thing for whatever reason. That to begin with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That now in a thousand years, people will look back and be, be like, like, Oh my, what are they why doing? Why were those strawberries the size of apples? Exactly. Have you seen a strawberry that big? It's just like, that is the size of an apple. Well, I have seen larger ones and they make me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, they're too big. Or um, big blueberries. That's another one. Yeah, if you ever go to like a farm stand and get strawberries, they're like tiny. Well, so that's actually why this quarantine and this whole pandemic situation, I've been really conscious of where we're getting our foods. Mm -hmm. So we only get our meat and fish from, we get our meat from a farm uh, called Primal Pastures. I talk about it all the time. I'm obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. I don't even really 
I consider myself plant-based. I only eat meat for some medical reasons, um, but Alex eats meat. And so we get it from this place called Primal Pastures and all of their animals, it's a regenerative farm, which if you really want to know about regenerative farming, I guess let us know and we'll do an, we'll choose it as one of our topics, but I don't know enough about it to go super in depth, but basically they reintroduce nutrients into the soil. And um, so it's like better than carbon neutral because mm-hmm. it's adding things into the environment rather than just not taking too much away. Um, but also all their animals live in, live lives as if they were wild. So they Whoa. just like go roam and do whatever they want, uh, which is great. But then we also get our fish from a small fishing community up in Alaska. And so they ship us fish once a month. And then oh, they, I was like, how do you get that? You know, I walk up to Alaska. <laughs> no, they ship us fish once a month. And then they actually like make sure it's carbon neutral because they pay the tar- carbon tax or whatever for it coming down. Um, but we also, I mean, prior to the pandemic, I would go to the farmer's market, but there's a lot of farmer's markets that deliver CSA boxes, um, which are kind of just boxes with local mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables. I haven't been great at this, but I am trying to only eat things that are in season. That's smart. Yeah. Because that means that it was grown locally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. For all those reasons. Yeah. What do you think is going to be disproven? Something that I was reading about is that it's going to, I don't, I'm not an expert. I feel like I have to preface everything. Totally. Well, and let's also preface that we do research on one topic Mm -hmm. and bring it in and we're on tangents now, which we have not done research (laughs) on. This is just us. So we do provide value in some capacity, but we cannot guarantee that this is where you will find the value. You're, you're in it for the, for the banter. For the giggles. So something that I was reading about, I think I was like, I didn't realize how uh, interested in deep sea diving James Cameron is. Do you know that about him? Oh, yeah. James Cameron, say what you will about his films. I don't know that I'm a personal huge James Cameron fan all the time in terms of like content of artistry and storytelling, but he is so fascinating. I don't want to jump on your story, so I will hold what I will say on Okay, you might know more than me, but But. I was just watching, I was watching some YouTube videos about him and his like interest in deep sea diving. And he was talking about how the fact that we like know less about the ocean than we might know about outer space, just because it's like, there's places in the ocean where we cannot get. And I think we're going to learn crazy stuff about the ocean. I hope so. As the technology gets better, just because like those trenches I think that's my biggest fear in the entire world is like open ocean and like not like the trenches. It's like, what is down there? Yeah. What's down there? Do you I know what's exciting? Do you know we should do a road trip? The month after the pandemic, the Monterey Aquarium is opening a deep sea exhibition. <gasps> Like the fir- one of the first ones in the I world. I would love that. Isn't that so cool? So I love the ocean be- for that reason is I think it's just like having an alien planet. It's so On crazy. our planet. Like there's yeah. so much that we don't know and the life forms and the speed. It's absolutely incredible. It's so cool. Um, but no. So what I was going to say about James Cameron is that every film that he does um, or so I've read on the internet somewhere, every film he does, he does it with the purpose of like some sort of scientific exploration. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. We should do, I'm going to write that down that we talk about that sometime because I've read the breakdown of like all of his different movies and what they kind of 
yeah. correlate to. But Titanic, I know, well, he did Abyss and Titanic. And I know that both of those had something to do with deep sea exploration. Yeah. Like I want to say when they did Titanic or maybe it was the Abyss. Again, don't quote me on this, but I believe that it was he, they went like the deepest that they had ever gone in the ocean I believe as a result of true. those films. I believe that's true. I feel like I read that. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you one quick anecdote Please about do. Titanic? I would love that. So as you know, <laughs> I go to USC film school. Mm-hmm. Fight on forever. And fight on. All our Trojans out there, fight on forever. If you're fight a Bruin. On. Fight on. Just kidding. We won't. We love everybody here. Thanks for listening. Um, so on the sound stages at USC, uh, there's all these old lights, like super old tungsten lights that uh, people have donated to the school. There's one stage where the lights are from Titanic. And I was working in class with this girl on a lighting project and she got burned by the lights and she was like, oh my God, ow, like there's a reason why these lights are like a hundred years old. And I was like, oh, they're not not like a hundred years old. And she's like, yeah, they were on the Titanic. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, like they were on the, like the ship, the Titanic. And I was like, the Titanic sank. (laughs) Could you imagine? They're like, quick, the the lights. Get the lights off. I was like, what do you, why would a ship have movie lights on them? And also, can I just say, wait, did you tell her what it was actually? Yeah, I was like, it was James Cameron's The Titanic. But to really wrap this around and not to start beef with, with Ivy Leagues, but she went to Harvard and studied neurobiology. And so I just want to say that we don't know very much. <laughs> mm, that was good. I like that. Thank you. So um, I guess a few more things. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is just me bragging as a left-handed person. But there is a lot of uh, research into why left-handed people are more musically and artistically gifted. Oh, do you play an instrument? No, but I have a really good Wait, ear. Wait, you play tuba. No, I play flute. <laughs> you played flute. I have, so Katie's, um, <laughs> like when she calls me, her caller ID picture um, is her in her outfit playing flute. When I was 13. It's and- a good picture. I mean, it's probably the worst picture of all time. It's okay. I have a lot of bad pictures. I'll send you one. We can. You didn't go through an awkward phase, though. Katie. Sydney. Katie. You. Okay. I. Did you not see all of those pictures where I Photoshop? Where it was the first time I've ever learned how to Photoshop. And I'm wearing a denim, an open denim short sleeve shirt with a white shirt underneath. And I'm wearing a red Nike visor backwards and upside <laughs> down. See, but that's. That's not like physic like like you were physically awkward. Looking. I was, I was like a bunch of if you I was gonna say a string bean, but I think I was even lankier than that, and I had no control of my limbs. <laughs> I mean, I do remember. That. I was just flailing around all the time. I mean, time. you probably said tuba because I looked like a tuba. <gasps> like oh, I looked like a tuba no. when I was thirteen. I've had a glow up since then. You don't have to feel See, bad. See, it's better to have a glow up than a glow it down. It really is true. Have you seen hot, the hot people from your middle school now? Yeah, actually, yeah, I, it's it's not great. Mm. Um, so be nice to everyone because you never know you never where know they're going to go when they're going to have a glow up. And even if they don't have a glow up, they're probably a good person. Probably. Um. Anyways, and the reason why some left-handed people are more uh, musically inclined or 
artistically inclined is because a lot of us are ambidextrous. Mm -hmm. So we have like control over both of our hands. Did you do that consciously or did you just realize one time like, oh, I can use both? It was not conscious. I just remember when I first started playing tennis because I played tennis in my childhood. My, I like picked up the racket with my right hand and I played like that for like two years until my mom one time was like, Oh my God, you're playing with your right hand. It's finally happening. And she was like freaking out about it. It's because she was trying to force you to be a right hander. I know she, she didn't accept my truth, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. And then certain times I just eat with my right hand. I don't really know why. Um, but anyways, I don't really think about it ever. I mean, I don't think about doing things with my right hand either. Um, The bad thing for us is Mm -hmm. that, I I don't know, this is another one of those things. High blood pressure? Yeah, we have, uh, not high blood pressure specifically, but we have a tendency to have more uh, psychiatric problems, like depression, bipolar, anxiety, autism, schizophrenia, and alcoholism. Isn't that common with artists in general. Like, well, I, I say more, I've read that like more creative leaning people tend to have those. I believe mental it. health issues yeah. just because like, I've read that it's like very creative people and highly intelligent people. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense though. If you think about it, it's like you, there's it, like, there's a reason why there's the phrase ignorance is bliss. Not to say that people that aren't creative are ignorant, but I think when you're creative, you're open yourself up more to ex- life and well. All I think forms. it's just thinking. You tend to yeah. look at things in a certain way that can sometimes be upsetting. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, um, so the one thing I was going to talk about uh, is kind of our plight, <laughs> mm-hmm. because I mean it's true. There has like throughout history, there's been a huge. Uh, tendency to to not love left-handed people and think that there's something wrong with them you're which um and actually oh really yeah so the reason is is because if you think about it right hand right like the word right correct Mm -hmm. and left hand in french um is the word gauche someone that's french knows how to what i'm saying Uh, which means awkward or clumsy. And I guess even further down in the history of the language, it could mean devilish of the devil. And they, apparently people believe that the devil is left-handed. Did you know that? Which doesn't make sense because there's the Nick Cave song, Red Right Hand, which is about a devilish person. So maybe he's left-handed. He obviously didn't. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to write all the left-handed people. Um, Wrong, right their wrongs right there. yeah i was trying to say he was trying to represent the lefties and kind of make the devil a right-handed person so that like a right-handed i love that because i love nick cave um anyways black magic is also sometimes referred to as the left hand path which like do you do a lot of magic spells I with dabble. your left hand i dabble with your left um hand. i've actually been trying to do more things with my left hand really like what um i've recently been washing, brushing my teeth with my left hand. Usually I'll do a brush with my right hand. So I make sure my teeth are actually clean and then I'll pass it off and I'll do it. Why? Why? Because I'm getting really into golf and actually my golf instructor suggested that I try to do more things with my left hand because when you swing in a righty position, Mm -hmm. 
um, for golf, it's very left-hand dominant. And so your right hand wants to take over and do a lot of things, but really you need strong right hand and strong, or sorry, strong left hand and good control of your left hand for a good swing. And my swing isn't good. Mm. So I am doing everything that I can to get better. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Not to keep bringing this around to my tennis career. (laughs) (laughs) which was very short-lived. I mean, it wasn't, I was like 10 years. I played tennis for a long time. No, I get it. It's funny though, because I played soccer for 10 or 11 years and it's funny because it sounds like such a long time, but I'm like, yeah, from like age five to 15. That is a long time. It is a long time, but it's just so funny now because when you think about like like, me as a seven year old, like I'm just out there being a soccer player. Well, in tennis, I guess tennis was the thing I did that made me notice my left-handedness the most just Mm -hmm. because like I was obviously not playing left-handed and because so one time I had a really strong backhand because I was left-handed one time I was playing in a match in high school and I this girl just like made me mad she was like because in tennis in high school, we didn't have, like, umpires or, like, the person that calls it. So mm-hmm. it's, like, honor system. And this girl kept calling every shot out. And I was just so annoyed. I was like, you are lying. And I positioned it so I would just always have to hit with, like, a right-handed stroke. And I would hit it so hard that at the end of the match, she was like, what do you have against me? Because I was hitting it so hard. Well, she's your opponent, right? Well, true, yeah. But it was because my, like, serve and, like, regular stroke were, like, not that good. (laughs) And then you had this backhand. And she was like, Jesus, like... (laughs) Um, anyways, enough about my tennis wait, career. Wait, did you get to wear, I'm curious, what were your, the tennis uniforms? They I were only, hot. Wait, really? I yes. only asked that because I played volleyball in mm-hmm. high school and they were, they, I feel like they purposely made us look uglier since like the outfits were so skimpy. Okay. Answer me this question. Why do you have to wear shorts that short for volleyball? Is it helpful? It is helpful that it doesn't get in your way. I think that if, if I never played, if I played volleyball in regular shorts, and never wore spandex. I don't know that you would necessarily notice, but it, your hands are like right there, if that makes sense. And so I could see if you were wearing shorts that were too loose, it would hit. But your guys wear loose stuff. shorts when they play volleyball. But they're longer. I mean, I guess you could wear like long basketball shorts, but I don't want to <laughs> wear that. Uh, no, I don't know. Like I said, I think that it's something where once the wall is broken, you play in spandex for the first time. And you're like, whoa, yeah. I don't even have to worry about this. This is I amazing. I just feel naked. I, maybe that's my issue. Why I'm so comfortable just like being <laughs> naked, or, like just not wearing clothes. Like, I feel like I'm always like only partially clothed. I wear a lot of crop tops and like you do. My, my dresses are very, like everything's very short And I think I don't notice it because I'm so used to just wearing spandex around. And this is like you have ever since I've known you. It's just like your fashion. Yeah, I guess it's actually really interesting. That is interesting. And not to go on too much of a tangent, but I remember when I first started at IGN, I got like really shamed on the Internet because everybody thought that IGN was forcing me to wear all these skimpy clothes. Mm -hmm. And so there were there. I remember somebody sent me. Well, no, they tagged me in this thing where they were defending me. Oh, nice in quotes mm. where they were like, and I think they, their heart was in the right place, but they were like at Sid so good. Like she's not a slut. IGN forces her to wear this slutty clothing. And I was like, no, they don't. I choose to wear that clothing and I don't think it's slutty. That's the thing. I don't find, I don't think your clothes are like they, because they're, you have a really specific style. 
I don't find them skimpy. It's just like a look. Do you know what I mean? That's how I I think that there is a difference. But I think that I think it shocks people who aren't used to because I will admit like the things that I wear don't always make sense to everybody. And that's okay with me. Mm -hmm. But when you're putting yourself out there for people who just don't. I mean, especially I think that, you know, we live in Los Angeles. People are wearing all sorts of things. You're kind of, in a way, immune to people dressing a little funky because everyone has such a very unique and bold personal style. But if you're not used to that, then I can see it. I can understand where you're coming from, where it's kind of like, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, But yeah, there was a whole conspiracy on the internet that IGM was forcing me to wear skimpy clothing for views. And if you ever thought that was true, it absolutely is not. I just dress like that (laughs) and you heard it here from Kate I have always dressed like that she's always dressed like that ever since I've known you which has been a long time well thank you you're welcome I take that as a highlight compliment so another interesting thing about it that I think you'll really appreciate because I feel like you like like the tracing it back sort of thing is it's crazy that like left-handed people have even lasted this long that that's been a thing just because so many people, like everyone in the world is right-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not cultural. It's like across the biological. Board. Yeah. Um, but one theory is that being left-handed is, uh, actually proved to be useful in hand-to-hand combat. So Interesting. Let me, so let me read you a quote is the idea that in hand-to-hand combat or in combat with weapons, there's an evolutionary advantage to being a minority left-handed. If you're left-handed, you have a surprise advantage because most people are used to fighting against right-handers. Um, and apparently this has been shown in one-on-one sports like fencing, but um, that's one theory of why that's like lasted mm-hmm. and why we're, really smart (laughs) wait okay so I have a nerdy like so I sometimes watch call of duty videos on YouTube to like help me get better Mm -hmm. so it's like hot tips for whatever so I I got that from my dad by the way he spends so much time watching cod YouTube videos about like getting better and the most efficient ways to do things I digress so one of the videos was talking about one of the videos that have stuck with me. Like I must've watched this like seven years ago was this guy talking about how, whenever you enter a corridor, always go left because most right-handed people, or when you're anticipating your enemy's movement, anticipate them going right. And you should go left because most people are right-handed. And so when you enter something by just habit, most people tend to air mm-hmm. to the right. And so if you go left, you have this surprise advantage, which is basically exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Think like left-hander. I mean, um, there is a day if you want to celebrate us. It's October, <laughs> sorry, August 13th. And it was founded by the left-handers club in 1992. Oh, are you a member? No, but I should join at this point. You should <laughs> it's join. It's a lifelong left-handed battle. I wonder really. wh- how, I don't know. Well, I guess... There's things that left-handers would universally kind of We could all, like, on. jam on the guitar together. All left-handed. Holding it the same Jimmy way. Jimi Hendrix was left-handed. He had a left-handed guitar. Um, and another interesting thing that is just random, but it's like, okay, is that kangaroos and other marsupials show a left-handed tendency. Interesting. Which I like. I like that they're in our brand. Anyways, that's kind of it, to be honest with you, but... 
Um, so I didn't really get an answer for it. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Everything is the reason. The journey is the destination. But can I give a shout out to a local LA business? Yes. I love that. There's a stationery store in Highland Park called Shorthand and they make left-handed notebooks and like writing utensils and like you can get a whole fleet of left-handed things. And I got it and I was like, oh, this is just like whatever. But it's honestly so nice because... You know, like when you start a notebook and like all the thick pages are on the right, Mm -hmm. that's annoying. And so now I get it on the left and it's like pleasant to write on that side. I never would have thought about that kind of stuff. So the binding is just on the other side. Um, But yeah, they sell left-handed shorthand. Well, there you go. Check them out. I'm sure they have a website or an Instagram, so y'all should check it out. Um, Well, same, but not at all. Okay, great. Uh, What grabbed my attention this week is something called Prairie dog ease. It, I didn't find very many articles on it, but I did see it on NPR. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it all stems from this professor. I'm going to completely mess up this man's name. Okay. This professor, his name is, or maybe her, I don't know. Their name is professor con Slabo de Chikoff. Slabo de Chikoff. Uh, Eastern European. Of person. Northern Arizona University. NAU. NAU. And they, he was actually, him or, I don't know if it was a boy or, damn. Uh, they were trying to learn prairie dogs language. And so they did a ton of research. And if you don't know what a prairie dog is, it's a species of rodent native to North America. They're very cute. They stand on their hind They're legs. so and cute. Have little arms. And it's just very cute. And they live together in little villages underground. So they are very social animals. Um, and basically what Professor X, S, I was going to say X, it's not X-Men. Uh, Professor S found is that when a predator enters the prairie dog village, so like a dog, a coyote, or a hawk, they call out to warn their neighbors, which isn't unique to prairie dogs. But what he found is that they respond to different calls with specific behaviors. Like sometimes they'll drop into their burrow or they'll stand up to get a better view. And so he started to kind of look into that. And it says that prairie dogs sound like chee, 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 chee. It says kind of like a dog squeak toy. So you can imagine. Okay. Yeah. What that I, I can like. imagine that. Um, but the way that he looked into it was him and his students recorded the different prairie dog calls during different situations so they recorded it when there was a dog coming when there was a hawk coming etc and any given sound what they found is any given sound is actually made up of different frequencies and overtone layers on top of one another and his computer measured sorry i keep saying his professor s's computer measured those frequencies and separated out all the tones and overtones and what they found is that Prairie dogs don't just have one call for danger. They have a call for human. They have another one for hawk. They have a different one for coyote. So they actually have this. Yes. They actually have this very specific language that they use to communicate. So they can actually say, oh, this is just a human coming. And so, I don't know, maybe in those scenarios, they're not afraid of humans. So they'll get up on their hind legs and kind of get a better look. Or if it's a hawk, they'll all burrow down. And they have... Yes, they have a language that allows them to communicate those things, which is wild because I feel like when you think of a prairie dog, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't think of them as stupid animals, but I don't think of them as being overly complex. So are they considered highly intelligent animals? Um, the article didn't mention anything like that. Like I, it 
as I, I mean, I guess spoiler alert, um, not all researchers believe this. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, of course. But um, there, it didn't. Re- this re- research didn't result in them saying like, "Oh, these animals are way smarter than we thought." It actually kind of was more, "Oh, wow, if." these if prairie dogs have this complex of language like what other species also have this very complex um i want to say everyone is that not true i don't know i mean i guess not necessarily but so wait it gets even better okay so um i really want to talk about my cat but we can keep going we'll get there we'll get there so even though the human call was consistently different from other calls like the predator calls there was still significant variation between the individual human calls so not only are they distinguishing between human coyote dog um hawk but they're also distinguishing between like human one, like human that looks this way human that looks this way human that looks that way yeah professor s and oh it is a he Professor S and his, I got it. Professor S and his students um, did a test to kind of check out this human mm-hmm. thing, and what they found. Well, they had humans wearing different um, different colored shirts. They were all dressed the same beside their shirts, and they would walk through the prairie dog village. And each volunteer would walk th- through the community four times: one in a blue shirt, a yellow shirt, green, and gray. And that the calls broke down into groups based on the color of the volunteer's shirt. And so when they further broke it down, they found that other characteristics were being communicated like height. So these prairie dogs were telling each other like, oh, the man, like the tall man in the yellow shirt is coming. So they have a complete language. Yeah. I love that. So I will say they did also test between abstract shapes. Uh, so the, he devised a test where the students built two wooden towers and made shapes out of cardboard, triangle, square, and circle. And then they ran a wire between the two towers. So the shapes kind of floated through the village and the prairie dogs were able to tell the difference between the triangle and the circle, but they didn't make any mention of the difference between square and circle. So they do. I guess they're more similar to give them, to give the prairie dogs some credit. A triangle is very different from a circle. Because mm-hmm. it's square, it's like, I think it would be rounded edges. Yeah. I just yeah. am such a supporter of these prairie I dogs too, having right? their own language. So I will say one thing that I noticed is with the human volunteers walking through with different shirts, because I do want the prairie dogs to be very smart and have a very complex language, but I feel like to play devil's advocate, um, that each volunteer walked through the community. So uh, let's say I would walk through the community in a blue shirt and then I'd walk in a yellow shirt and then I'd walk in a green and I'd walk in a gray. And there wasn't necessarily anything in the article that I read that said that they differentiated like, Oh, that's like, there's a call for that's Sydney in a yellow shirt versus that's Kate in a yellow shirt, but that they did differentiate by height. So maybe that would be the differentiate differentiating factor. They're colorblind. Well, I no, I don't think so. Why? I mean, maybe, but because it says that they differentiated between the different shirts, but I guess it would just be different shades oh, of sorry. color. I thought you said they couldn't differentiate. No, Ignore I'm saying, that. I was just saying that the experiment wasn't, I think the experiment was more to show that they could differentiate and communicate different colors okay. versus like, oh, one, you know, Kate walked in in a yellow shirt, Sydney walked in in a blue shirt, and then they said like, Kate is wearing the blue shirt. Like they didn't say that. They said mm-hmm. like, oh, this time, the, sh- the shorter human in the blue is walking 
towards us and then the taller human in the blue is walking towards us yeah but i mean we don't know their language so maybe there's some translation error (laughs) (laughs) true um but so uh dr s or professor s and his students did repeat the experiments with other villages of prairie dogs but some researchers do question whether the prairie dogs are really quote describing the predators they see um however doctor i keep saying he's a doctor sorry man i hope that's not like a point of contention for you <laughs> uh professor slabo the chickoff um continues to believe that communication among prairie dogs and other highly social animals is more sophisticated than we think wow i have so many questions one how did you get on this Alex actually was talking to me about it and I didn't believe him. I don't remember, but he was, he like made some joke or something about like, you know, prairie dogs can like make fun of you or something. And I was like, what? No. And so then I looked it up and was like, oh wait, what? They can. And then my second, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. My second question. Do you think our cats make fun of us? So Katie and I both have cats. We're huge cat people. Huge cat people. Can I take a little credit for your cat obsession? why because you didn't have a cat in high school yes i did you got him senior year i grew up i had my parents we always had cats okay, it was I just one of them died and you so. just had a really big connection to my parents cats, i did i so i will I yes. really saw that blossom i, I will say. definitely give you that i love katie's family cats they were the best They're i even renamed no one of her cats which i think is kind of disrespectful <laughs> What? I just said that they were dead. Oh, <laughs> still alive. She's yeah. You want to say? So I I don't even know what her real name is. Princess. Princess. Okay. So Terrible Katie name. has had two cats growing up. There was Chicken, and which that wasn't Chicken's name. No, his name was Tigger. <laughs> but that's a terrible name. But Kate, I was five when I Kate called him. him chicken and so I I was introduced to him as chicken and then she introduced me to princess who I just decided her name was sprinkles for some reason I have no idea why but I just I loved her cats I love them like they were my own I love them so much they were my little babies they're I really miss chicken that was a really that was the most traumatic death I've ever dealt with I have to say one Um, of the first times that I learned of death was we had a family cat his name was pumpkin Mm. and he was huge Mm. like a very big cat and he was i hear that he was the best i mean i remember him being the best but you know as a child like everything's the best but like he would run around the block with my dad when my dad would go on runs he would just like go out there and run with my dad and are you serious mm -hmm. that is so cute and he was an outdoor cat i'm gonna start crying (laughs) he was an outdoor cat and would meet my dad at the door whenever my dad came home from work and so that's like was their thing they'd walk in together and one day my dad no (laughs) my dad came home and he wasn't there And he got hit by a car. That's so rude. I'm sorry. We're both crying. (laughs) That was my biggest fear of all time for Ernie. None of my cats are outdoor cats. Um, But I remember where I was when my parents, it was raining and my dad had to go find him and found his body. And then they buried him in their backyard. And I remember where I was when my dad came up and told me. Both of my parents sat me down. I was sleeping in their bed. I seriously, vividly, it was the first time that anything had ever died around me. 
That's so and sad. <laughs> We're like crying so much. That was, I was in first grade. That was how long ago? That was 2001. It's the worst. And I'm still not over it. It <laughs> makes me so sad. I love that cat so much. And I would, I remember I had this little push cart, like a fake one, obviously, <laughs> uh, for children. And I would take him and he was so big and I would just plop him inside of it and he would just sit there and all of his little skin would go through the the mesh of the oh push God. cart he was the best cat like he was so amazing and I just remember my dad letting me know and I cried so much and it just oh I loved him so much cats don't do anything to anyone so that's why they don't deserve to die ever. they should live forever um god that was sorry that was it like I said, it w- I'm still not over it. It makes me so sad to think about. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was I talking about? I Sorry. To, I wanted to relate <laughs> this to cats. connection with your cat. Oh, because we were talking about prairie dogs. Okay. So what I wanted to say is my cat, Ernie, which I don't think we've talked about yet, but um, I just want to say that I have a cat named Ernie <laughs> and it's very important to me, which is a great name for a cat. Um, he's the best. He is the best. Uh, but he is so talkative and we, maybe it's cause I live alone and we're very connected because of, I'm home all the time, but we have, he responds to me. So he'll, he's so vocal and he'll talk to me all the time. Like the minute he wakes up, he meows until I wake up and feed him. But then it's also like we'll have conversations. I sound like a crazy person, but he literally what do you guys talk about. Well, he'll be like, I want to go outside or like I would like to hang out now if I'm like on my desk too much. And it's literally what he wants. I guess he's kind of selfish and he only talks to me when he wants something. But it is like there's a change in his voice. There's a he has different ways of communicating it. Like sometimes it's forceful. Sometimes it's like please. I don't know. It's crazy. And then one time he sits in my window if I ever leave and just sits there until I come back, which makes me so sad. I hate that. And that's why I never leave. But sometimes if I'm gone for a while, he'll meow so much the minute he even sees my car driving down the street. Cause I, you can, the front window can see my whole street and he'll meow so much. You can hear it from downstairs. And I recorded him because it was like so cute. Him just like screaming, meowing at me when I was coming home. And I was watching it back one day while I was sitting at home and he heard it and started talking to it. Like it was like he was confused that something was communicating to him. And I was like, what is the cat language? I want to know what it is. And I want to know what he's saying. I agree. I would do anything to learn what my cats are saying. They're probably making fun of me, to be honest. So if you didn't know, Kate has one cat. Alex and I have three cats, so jealous. you're talking to some, and I have been begging for a fourth cat. <laughs> no. I know that it's too much, and we probably shouldn't get one, but I, what I wanted to do was I wanted, I'm really passionate about rescuing cats, mm-hmm. and so actually one of my life goals is there's this woman, Gail, her name's Gail, and if you live in uh, the Orange County area, she opened the first cat cafe in Orange County. I didn't know there and, was one. Mm-hmm, it's in Laguna Beach, and that's actually where we got Simba. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And they basically, so cat cafes, I don't know if all of them are like this, but this one in particular, it's called Catmosphere Laguna Beach. (laughs) It's called Catmosphere Laguna Beach. And uh, what they do is they work with one of the local shelters. And so the more social cats, they will 
bring them in and they'll live at the cat cafe and then they get to be socialized and kind of hang out. <laughs> they get to be socialized and kind of hang out and all of that jazz. Um, and so that's ultimately how we ended up rescuing Simba. But basically she's like a badass bitch and she like, is like some high powered lawyer woman and she has all of this like Dolce and Gabbana with that's like custom made with her cats on it. It's oh kind of wild, God. but she opened this cat cafe so that she could help cats. And I just would love to do oh. something like that where I would like, as like a second or third career, just like open like something to help I would the kitties. totally do that. Um, but I would, what I was saying is that I would love to get a fourth cat. Cause I was trying to convince Alex to let me rescue an, an adult cat. Oh, like that, an old boy. Yeah. Just like a super old cat that probably, mm -hmm. you know, would have a harder time getting adopted yeah. and heck they don't need to be so like, that's fine with me if they just want to like sleep in the closet. Like yeah. I just want them to have a loving home. But ultimately Alex made a good point. One of our cats has epilepsy and, um, Chester's a pretty dominant male. Um, so I obviously wouldn't want to disrupt or upset my current cats yeah. because it's a very delicate balance having three of them, but I would love to rescue. I would love to rescue older cats and just kind of give them oh, a place to that. be loved. I can't wait to adopt another cat because I will the minute I move into a bigger place, like 100% because Ernie is the most social cat ever. Because yeah. he, <laughs> I adopted him when I was like not in a position to do so probably. I was like super between houses and like I was moving all the time. So he's lived in like five different houses with like 10 different roommates. He's lived with dogs. He's lived with other cats. So he like can adjust to anything. Oh, so I'm like, amazing. I want to get him. Although, I don't know. That's it. But I would love to talk to my, I, I feel like cats have a language, but don't all animals? Yeah. So all animals have a language. I think what was surprising in the prairie dogs case was how complex it was oh, interesting. and that it was more than just saying like danger, danger, like alert, alert, we're going to get eaten sort of a thing. And more being like, Hey, look, this hawk's coming to eat us. We should dangerous. Yeah. Like it's a hawk because I mean, and it makes sense because from like a, you know, I don't want to die standpoint. I'm sure that the threat of a hawk versus the threat of a dog or a coyote, they probably all like prey on the prairie dogs in different ways. And so they True. probably have to evade and defend themselves in different ways, or that's probably, it would be most effective to have different strategies against different predators. Um, so I would imagine that that is the significance of having that social language. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess by talking about what Ernie says, all he's saying is I want something. So that's his one word, which is meow. Meow. <laughs> yeah. I've actually read that cats don't typically communicate with each other using meows. They yeah. Just it's communicate for with, humans. It's, yeah. It's for humans. Yeah. I've heard that too. Interesting. Yeah. That they is, don't meow to each other. Yeah. They kind of will like brum or hmm. do whatever. God, I know, cats are the best. If you don't have a cat, you should. You should adopt one. There's a you lot. You should that go need to rescue one. And if you are in a position to be responsible and love it, don't do it though. If you're just gonna like be mean to it, I guess. Yeah. You shouldn't be mean to animals. Uh, so on that note, thanks so much for listening. Wow. Um, this was a fun episode. I really enjoyed your left-handedness. Thank you. I enjoyed yours too. That was Thank really you. like. Like, I did not see that coming. Right? Yeah. Super random. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, new episodes every week. 
Uh, you can find me over, just look up Sydney Goodman or I'm Sid So Good on pretty much every social platform that exists uh, that I know of at least. So you can find me there. And you can find me back on the next episode. So make sure you tune in because if you want some Kate Franklin, this is the only place <laughs> we have an exclusive deal with this woman. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thank See you, you. next week.